is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hey everybody, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 566, recorded on Monday, January the 24th, 2022. It is our first podcast of this calendar year, Jason, 2022. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm I'm annoyed with the snow and annoyed with the cold a little bit, but you know, what are you going to do? I mean, I thought you liked the cold. Well, yeah, I'm still, I, I can still be annoyed with it and like it at the same time. Yeah, fair enough. I, I, I feel that way about winter in general. I really like winter, but I also hate it sometimes. So I, I mean, I, I prefer to shovel than to mow the lawn, but there's been a lot of shoveling lately. It has. We got a pretty good dumping about a week ago here where we live and we are still digging out. You know, the roads are all still blocked. There's giant snow banks everywhere. That kind of is annoying. But other than that, you know, I don't mind it too much. And 10 centimeters tonight. Yeah, we, well, we, we've, I think we've had most of it already. It started around noon. I was out shoveling just before the podcast, so that's what I was doing. That's why I'm annoyed by it, because I had to shovel again. It's the immediacy of it. You've just had to finish doing the shoveling, and I, I get it. All right, well, that's, uh, that's a bummer, but um, here we are, man, and everybody. It's January the 24th. We haven't recorded a podcast since Christmas. Yeah, You know, just before Christmas. So it's been almost a month. It has been way, way too long. And we talked about when we were going to do our Pollyanna Macintosh, uh, you know, double header. And we decided we're going to do that at the end of January. And we thought, well, we'll just ride it out. But then it, it, the time was going on and I'm like, man, we got it. We got to do something. It's, it's too long in between shows here. I agree. I was starting to get uh, a little antsy. Uh, I, I missed the podcasting. Me too. I was getting antsy. Now I've been recording uh, on the Podcastica network about the book of Boba Fett. So, uh, you know, I, I had stuff to do, but that's not my show. And as much as I enjoy doing it, I gotta, we gotta do this show. We can't neglect this one that's been going for this long. So, so sorry, everyone. It has been way, way, way too long, but here we are. We're going to record today. I'll tell you what we're going to do in a, in a minute. Um, and uh, and then we will be back really, really soon with our Pollyanna Macintosh doubleheader, which, again, I'll remind everyone about at the end of this podcast. Super. So what are we going to do today? You know, luckily, about five days ago, uh, there was a trailer released for mm. the second part of season 11 of The Walking Dead. And when trailers are released, we often like to just sit here, go through them scene by scene like we do with the episode and kind of break it down. So we are going to do that today. That's going to be fun. Uh, once again, it's been five days since it's been released. I would have liked to have done this a little closer to the release date, but just couldn't get our act together in time. I was away for a night, and a lot of things have changed in my life in the last uh, seven or 14 days. Yeah. Um, so it was a little bit difficult to schedule this in. And... I guess people may be wondering what has changed. The The biggest change is that I've become, at the age of 47, a first-time dog owner. Puppy. A puppy owner. We got a puppy. And I don't know if anyone's ever told you this, Jason, but puppies are a lot of work. Yeah. No, puppies are definitely a lot of work. Absolutely. I've known people uh, that I've worked with that had to uh, take uh, 
puppy paternity leave. Paternity leave? Pet, yeah. Paternity leave. Just because, you know, the first couple of weeks getting a new puppy uh, is a lot of work. It is, yeah. We've had this guy for 10 days now, I think. And he's great. It's going well. You know, he's learning things. He goes outside to the bathroom most of the time, way more than inside. And that's good. good. He's eating well. He's healthy. Everything's great. And he's adorable. But he's still a lot of work. You know, it's like having a toddler around. Uh, you can't take your eyes off them. They get into everything. They put everything in their mouth. You know, there's all kinds of behavior that you don't necessarily want that you got to work on. So he's a lot of work. Now, luckily, the kids weren't back in school uh, immediately after the Christmas break. So they've been around to help. My wife works, uh, you know, not every day. And so she's around a lot. But when I'm here alone with him, if I'm trying to get some work done, it's impossible. I can't work and have the dog just like hanging around unless he's asleep. And to be fair, puppies do sleep a lot. But when he's awake, I'm constantly dealing with the dog. So yep, it's tough, but fun. And things are already getting a little bit uh, easier. But it also made scheduling this podcast tricky because, you know, dog. Somebody has to take care of the dog. Somebody has to take care of the dog. That's right. I, I'm sorry. Uh, and they don't, uh, they don't take instruction well. Like, I'm sorry, but I'm podcasting right now. Can you keep it down just for another hour? And then, uh, and then I'm all yours. Yeah. Don't do anything wrong for the next hour, hour and a half. And then, you know, my full attention. But, you know, for now, just sit there. They don't, they don't respond to that very well. No, no, no. And so anyways, uh, but he's cute. His name is Archie and yeah, never owned a dog before, but here we are. And everybody's very excited about it. I will say that. Well, I wouldn't say that I've never, I've had a dog, but I was the kid in that situation. I haven't had it. The last time I had a dog was, uh, in, I was in grade three and we were moving out West and, uh, the dog couldn't come with us. And I don't know if we've ever mentioned this on the podcast before, but my mom said that, uh, Farrah, her name was Farrah. Uh, she went to a nice family with a farm. Uh, (laughs) I'm, and I'm sure I, she did. <laughs> I called my mom on that very thing a couple of times. Is like, are you sure that you didn't just, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, 35 years old now. If you killed the dog, you can tell me, right? I can take it. The dog is long dead. Uh, either way, you can tell me. She's like, no, really? And she gave me the name of the people that, you know, Farrah went to live on this farm and uh, all accounts uh, had a long and happy life. Well, I, I'm sure that's true. And I've asked a couple of times and I've tried to get her to be real. And I really honestly believe my mom would not lie to me at this point. I mean, that was, you know, friggin' 35 years ago. So, uh, anyway, Farrah, that's the last time I had a dog and, uh, she's definitely, definitely dead. Now. Absolutely. Whether she yeah. went to a farm or not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I've, yeah, I, I never even had a dog growing up. So this is my first dog ownership of any kind experience. And so far it's going pretty well. Good. All right. Well, the other thing we're going to do today is a little bit of Walking Dead news, which, you know, there's some to talk about. But first, I also just wanted to mention another show I just finished watching. It has five seasons and the fifth season was released and I just finished it. It's called Search Party. Yeah. It's a it's a weird show. And I tweeted out on the Talking Dead Twitter account that, you know, there's I said there's no way. I could have predicted where this show would go 
when I started watching it back in season one or even at the end of season four, right? You you feel like after four years, you kind of have an idea of what it might be doing. They announced it would be the final season. I'm like, okay, I got it. I know what this show is all about. But then season five came out and I watched it and it was, yeah, I just, I just never could have predicted where it was going to go. And I recommended people watching it, watch it, especially if you had, you know, seen up to season four, uh, and you know, you weren't going to bail for whatever reason, but it's a, it's a weird show. It kind of reinvented itself almost every year as it went, sometimes for better, sometimes for worse. Um, but I thought it, as long as you can embrace the madness of season five, Jeff Goldblum is in there. I mean, he's, he's, he's fun. Oh, that's a thing. He's fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's some other cameos, but Goldblum has an actual real part. Um, and if, if you can get on board with that and you can just go with it, it was really something. And, uh, I don't know why I wanted to bring that up. I feel like listeners of this show might get something out of the fifth season of search party. And that's why I sent it out there, but it's, it's unusual. It stars, what's her name? Who played maybe on uh, arrested development, right? Uh, amongst other people, but, um, yeah, search party. I say if you have seen any of it, stick through it and get to the end of season five. I think you'll be surprised and not disappointed. I couldn't do it. I watched, uh, okay, so when it first aired, I watched the first couple of episodes with my wife and then it just kind of fell off. Uh, and then you mentioned it uh, a few weeks ago and I thought I'd check it out. So I rewatched the all of the first season and probably three episodes into the second season. I'm like, uh, I can't do it. I can't, I can't, I, I could not get into any of the characters. They're all so fucking idiotic. Uh, and I, that's probably, it's part of the point of the show is that these characters are idiots. They're all complete morons. And I could not get behind any character, not even, uh, what's her name? We played maybe we should probably find her, find out her real name. I couldn't, I couldn't hang my hat on any of the characters. I couldn't get on board. And after the first season, everything in the first season was a fucking red herring and it drove me crazy. Uh, and then the second season starts off with, uh, uh, a plot development that, uh, it was problematic for, uh, other shows and it actually had, you know, were bad for those shows that were absolutely fantastic fucking shows. Like Friday Night Lights had a very similar kind of plot in, uh, I think, season three uh, of uh, Friday Night Lights that this has uh, at the end of season one into season two at least. I don't know where it goes from here. Mm-hmm. I could not. I can't. I can't do it. Well, I can't. I can't. I can't accept any of these characters as other than farcical uh, caricatures of crazy people. It's a little bit the point. I mean, none of them are likable for sure. And they're, they're actually, hor- it's a bit, it's the Seinfeld situation. None of those characters are likable yet. You can, I could find some like humor in them a little bit. And in a way, just sort of asshole caricatures of, of people. And I thought that worked. Okay. The difference, one of the differences I think between season one and much of the rest of the series is that in season one, the characters have a certain amount of control over their own destiny and they, they do things on purpose. 
as the show goes on, I think they lose a lot of that and things okay. start happening to them out of their control, especially uh, Dory, the main character, played by maybe. <laughs> You're right. We should probably look that up. I'm looking it up. All right. Um, and then the rest of them, the rest of the four core key characters, the core characters, um, they become kind of surrounding characters that um, are, are, I think, a little bit less involved in in what's going on with Dory. Um, or they at least sort of have things happen to them that's sort of peripheral to to her main storyline. Um, so I, I get it. Like, I understand it's hard to get on board with these characters, but I don't think you're supposed to be sympathetic for them. You're supposed to be like, my God, these people, what is the matter with them? And try to find some humor in it, maybe. I was I able to find the funny. I couldn't find the funny. I, I All I found was the annoyance. I just, these people, uh, and it does, uh, I'm trying to think of what Seinfeld had, uh, the Seinfeld characters had that these characters don't. Uh, and I'm not sure what it is, but it's, George was pretty stupid, but Jerry wasn't that much of an idiot. He just, uh, he made some bad decisions, but I don't know. I couldn't, I, I just, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't stay, I couldn't stick to this show. I couldn't do it. I don't think even with that, uh, you know, resounding, uh, treatise on its greatness in the, f- you know, the further ep- seasons that it, it, that you say, say here, I, I still don't think I'll go back to it. I think I'm done. I yeah. think I'm done with this uh, show. That, that's fair. I just wanted to bring it up, um, again, because it, it, it goes in such a crazy t- direction by the end of season five. Uh, I, I just couldn't see it coming. And I think you will get something out of it. I mean, if you've watched the first four seasons, you got to watch the last one, I think. Well, I would. If I could get through the first four seasons, I think I would watch the last season. For and sure. So let's talk about Jeff Goldblum for a second. All right. Now, Jeff Goldblum is an, is an international treasure. Like, yeah. he's an absolute, uh, well, he's a genius in a lot of ways. Yep. Every word that comes out of his mouth seems like he's making that word up on the spot. Yep. Like nothing seems rehearsed or planned or scripted. Everything seems uh, spontaneous, and it's wonderful. Uh, the thing is, I've seen him in Law and Order: Criminal Intent. He was a main character, main cast of that show for one, maybe two seasons. Uh, well, he was a primary for one season, and probably uh, it was a secondary. They kind of flipped between two different sets of partners uh, in one season. Then he was the only, uh, him and his partner were the only ones in the, in the following season, and that season of television was so horrible that they made Jeff Goldblum look like a friggin' idiot. Uh, it was just, it was so cliche. It was so horrible. And he, I don't know what he did, but he just, he phoned in his performance. He did not sparkle. Uh, and usually he sparkles. So, yeah. uh, I know Jeff Goldblum can suck as far as basically what I'm saying is that he, I absolutely love him in 99. No, a hundred percent of everything he's done, I love him in. This is the only exception, and it doesn't necessarily have to detract from the uh, the wonderfulness of his career overall. But I've seen him suck. Okay, well, I don't think he sucks in this. He plays a, a very eccentric, uh, like billionaire tech company owner, and so Jeff Goldblum, in other words. I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> uh, 
and uh, I, I thought he was great in this. I had no idea he was in the season until I started watching it and he showed up. Um, but I think he, I think he was great. So I don't know. I'm it's, it's worth it. I think it's worth it. And, uh, listeners of this podcast may get something out of it. I would say. Okay. Anyways, that is search party. I didn't really intend to talk about it for too long, but I just want to reinforce my recommendation that I made on Twitter. It's on HBO. Uh, I think, or the first two seasons were, uh, some other network. TBS maybe, and then H, and then it moved to HBO for the last few seasons. TV does that lately, right? They kind of jump around a little bit. They jump around a little bit, yeah. Sometimes, I mean, if a, a show can get canceled on one network and go to another one, it, it happens. Okay, let's move into the actual Walking Dead content here, Jason. We are going to do some Walking Dead news. How do you feel about that? I feel really good about that, Chris. Excellent. The Walking Dead news. First item in the news, Jason, do you remember the show Tales of the Walking Dead, this anthology show that's coming up? Well, I don't remember it. I remember that it's happening because it's in the future and I, I have very few future memories. Sure. Well, uh, you're, it will soon be in the past because it has officially begun shooting. Oh, nice. Yeah. It is filming in Buford, Georgia. So it's of also course. shot in Georgia, of course, exactly. Um, a person by the name of Channing Powell is executive producing and show running this show. Now, she's been a writer on The Walking Dead since season four, so she's familiar with the universe. Mm-hmm. And Michael E. Satrazimus is directing the first episode, another, you know, well-known Walking Dead director from the main show and from Fear. Um, so he knows what he's doing as well. But the point is, it is begun filming, and they are saying that it will be released sometime in summer 2022. No official date yet, but it's underway, and I just wanted to let everyone, including you, know. Well, holy shit. That's yeah. great. No other information. We don't know who the first episode is about, if it is an existing character that's coming back, if it is something new to the Walking Dead universe. No idea. Um... But I presume, you know, we'll probably find that out as we get closer to the release date through casting news or something like that, or or just, you know, leaked information. If someone happens to run across the, the set and they see Steven Yun there, I mean, you can probably figure out that he might, there might be an episode about Glenn, but none of that yet, but they are shooting and I find that kind of exciting. And so we're going to have this in the summertime. Nice. Good stuff. Uh... Related to that, the Daryl and Carol show, which is the yes. spinoff starring those two, that is not in production yet. It is slated for 2023 sometime. Okay, so not too far off, but uh, still a little farther off than uh, uh, than we'd like, really. I like, wouldn't mind watching that show right now, but I, I understand that they have to finish up this show first. Yeah, one show at a time. So um, Tales will be before Walking Dead ends. Obviously, Daryl and Carol will come after uh, so next year sometime. Now, speaking of The Walking Dead, they've come out and let us know, well, sort of, that The Walking Dead is really in the home stretch of filming at this point, right? Oh, so wow. very soon in February, we are starting part two of season 11. We know there's going to be part three, uh, probably later this year in the fall. But comicbook.com is reporting that they are currently in the process of filming the final three 
episodes. Oh, man. So uh, this is confirmed by Dwayne Manwiller, who's a cinematographer on The Walking Dead since season eight. He tweeted something out about this. And final three episodes, Jason, they're going to wrap shooting on this whole thing pretty soon, really. I hope we don't get any spoilers. Uh, no, I don't want spoilers at all. I'm, I'm become, I've become more spoiler averse as we've gotten deeper into this thing, but it's just, it feels weird to say they're winding down. They're, they're wrapping this sucker up. Like in the next, next few months, we're going to have, you know, all the walking dead main show we're ever going to get in the can. Yeah, well, it was uh, it was nice working with you, Chris. I'm glad to uh, to have known you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. And uh, you too. <laughs> you know, good luck in all your future endeavors. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Thank you. <laughs> we don't um, have to be friends anymore. No, we can just move on, and <laughs> everything will go back to the way it used to be when we were children. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Anyways, they're wrapping it up. Final three episodes. It feels weird to say it. Uh, it's going to feel even weirder to watch it, I think, in eight months or ten months from now. And, uh, yeah, speaking of that, the final news item here really is that Alexandria, the town, you and I have been there, right? The real place? Yep. Sonoy, Georgia. It's coming down soon. Which makes me feel even more kind of uneasy and sad in a way. So... The people who live in Sonoy, Georgia, have been living inside the walls, those big corrugated walls of Alexandria, since September of 2014. Jesus. Right? That's a real community. Those are houses. People live in some of those houses. And they've they've had that those walls up and the set basically there and their lawns all overgrown and, you know, debris everywhere for, what's that, uh, eight years? Eight years. Sounds like heaven to me. I know. I hate mowing the lawn. I'd love to have, to have somebody come to me and say, you know what? We need you to not groom or touch your lawn or your yard for the next eight months. And we're going to put this wall up uh, right in your backyard. Yeah. Like, and it, fucking and in, bring it on. And in fact, not only that, do they not have to do anything, but like anything that does get done to their properties is handled by like the production company. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end of it, they'll probably play, play, pay for the uh, landscaping. Well, listen to this. So location manager Michael Riley has, has said that filming should be completed by April and the area be completely reopened by June. And then Scott Tigchellar, I hope that's close to right, from Gin, a gin property developer said that once filming ends, all the sets will be removed and this gin property will be fully restored. The windmill will be removed and the landscaping redone, he said. AMC will also restore 10 homes that were built on the property for filming, and they should be up for sale by May or June. And from the article, uh, it says, normally a production company would have built set homes, quote unquote set homes, which are simply facades or shells that would be taken down at the end of the production. But in Sonoy, AMC wanted to be more environmentally conscious and leave a lasting legacy to the show by building real permanent homes, which might be sold at the end of production. As a result, fans of the show will forever be able to visit a little bit of the Alexandria safe zone drive by their favorite character's house from the show, or perhaps even purchase and live in it. 
Isn't that Buy weird? one of the houses and turn it into a friggin' Airbnb or something. That's a friggin' great idea, actually. People should do that, like sleep in the house where Rick lived, you know? Yeah. No, it's a, a very, very good idea. I, I wonder what kind of, uh, you know, housing value those would have down there. I have I have no idea, really, but now I'm going to look go look at property in Sonoy, Georgia, see what's around. But uh, anyways, again, it makes me feel weird to think that, like, Alexandria has been there for eight years and it's all just going to start coming down when they're done and these houses are going to go back to being normal houses and normal life and... I'm sure many of the residents around there are like, finally, thank God, these we can get rid of these zombies once and for all. But for all the rest of us who look at that and think that's Alexandria, it's kind of weird. It's a little bit weird. You know, I, I, I've sometimes thought about this podcast coming to an end or wrapping up, uh, but I've never really thought about the bigger picture of, of the show and, and all the things that go into making it ending right i think about the show ending all the time but it's but that's just what we see on the screen what most people see there's all kinds of behind the scenes stuff that also end and people move on and it's weird man it's weird well it's that uh final year nostalgia you get right and uh, your senior year of high school he's like oh this is it was so nice being here in this school and all this is going to end and i won't see the teachers anymore or a lot of my friends uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a weird feeling. Yeah, it is a weird feeling. And I'm starting to get it for a TV show, uh, a TV show that I've been more invested and connected to invested in and connected to than really any other show. And I visited the set and I've met the actors and I've hosted panels and all those sorts of things. And here we are, it's finally ending 11 years later longer than I ever imagined it would go oh, yeah. in the beginning. Seven years in a movie. Yeah. Is, uh, the original yeah. idea. You know, I, I, I understand that this n- nostalgia thing exists, but uh, I don't feel it yet. Even though, you know, I can feel you feeling it, but right. uh, I, I just don't have it. it. Like for anything or just for this, you mean? No, just for this. Okay. And, you know, I had it the final year of high school. I know, I know what that feels like. Right. I know what it feels like when, uh, when, when you know, things end. Uh, you know, you're, you're in a production of something, you're in a play, you're in a, some kind of performance piece that has a limited run. And at the end of it, just like, fuck, that was a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to miss everything about this. You know, I've been part of that before and I definitely have, uh, you know, knowledge of what that feeling is. I just, I, I don't have it here yet. I, I, and I'm sure I will, but, uh, it doesn't, doesn't exist yet. I, I can't, uh, I can see the end of this show, but I don't feel it because I know, there's life beyond it, right? right? Because there's going to be spinoff shows. There's other shows. This podcast is not just going to pack up and go. Uh, you know, we're not just going to say, see, even though I made a joke about it, you know, four seconds ago, uh, we're not just going to pack up and go, right? There's other stuff to talk about. There's rewatches to do. I've been holding off on rewatching any past episodes uh, for a decade. Yeah. You know, watching season one is going to be fucking crazy. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, because I've not seen it for a decade. That's wild, so, man. Uh, you know, there's there's stuff to do. So in that regard, I don't feel the nostalgia. I understand it, but I don't feel it yet. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm, is nostalgia even the right word for that? Because nostalgia is usually looking back on something that's happened 
after it's finished, right? We're not even done yet, so I'm not sure what we're feeling now is nostalgia. Or it's a version it, of nostalgia. I don't know. It's preemptive nostalgia. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Pre-stalgia. Pre, preemptive deja nostalgia vu. I don't know. Something like that. That works for me, yeah. I'm sure there will be nostalgia someday for this, but whatever we're feeling now, for me, it's just I'm starting to realize that, oh my God, it's actually ending. You know what I mean? Uh, and I don't know if there's a word for that, but it, it's a weird feeling. And uh, I'm... I, and like you said, this podcast isn't going to just go away. And at some point, I do want to talk about on the air what we're going to do when the main show is finished. I have some ideas. None of them are going to be very surprising to anybody, I don't think. But I think I will save that conversation for the break in between part two and part three of season 11 okay. so that we can talk about what's going to happen after those final eight episodes and honestly, just see the state of the Walking Dead universe at that point and, and so on. Um, so we will have that conversation and we are going to definitely share it with everybody. But the short answer right now is the show is going to end. What we do here is probably not. Yeah. I mean, the show might end, but the show must go on. The show always must go on, right? That's right. The show is dead. Long live the podcast. That's right. Something like that. Well, anyways, that is that. Let's move on into our breakdown of the Season 11 Part 2 trailer. Now, just before we start here, I, I do want to read the um, synopsis for Episode 9, which is the one coming up. Not because it really informs anything, but I think what we see in this trailer uh, is a fair bit of, of that episode. Uh, and I guess some stuff beyond, but we'll see. Um, episode nine is called No Other Way. And this official synopsis is this. Hellfire rains down on those at Meridian as every fight with the Reapers proves to be a brutal battle. At home in Alexandria, the violent rainstorm rages on as walkers continue to pour in, threatening everyone's safety, including Judith and Gracie. Man. So to be honest, that kind of sounds like the synopsis for episode eight, the one that finished the first block of uh, <laughs> episodes. Um, so what that means to me is episode nine picks up immediately following where we left off, which it kind of has to in a way. There's some resolution we need for some of those characters. Um, and then from there, kind of who knows where it goes. But uh, that's what we're going to get in episode nine. I would agree with I would agree with that. It uh, it does sound like uh, it's just going to pick up from where it left off, and away we go. Away we go. Exactly. Uh, the next episode, number ten, there's a synopsis for as well, but I'm not going to read it because it it feels a little spoilery. Even though if you've watched this trailer, I think it's very clear what is going to happen. But I'm just going to stay away from that uh, that synopsis for now. But I will say the title. Episode 10 is called New Haunts. And I wanted to say the title of that one and episode 9 to remind people that you can do title reads. And I love getting title reads. So if you want to do a title read for either of those, No Other Way is episode 9 and New Haunts is episode 10. You've still got four weeks roughly until that airs on AMC. So lots of time to figure it out. But... Do a title read, send it into us, and I'll try to use it on those episodes. Yeah. 
I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, I have not read that synopsis, but I'm sure, pretty sure it starts with the shield helicarrier lands. Right? <laughs> yeah, it really kind of sets the direction of where, the, where this is going to go. Number 10, you mean? The shield yeah, helicarrier lands? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's, that's uh, you know, I haven't read it, but I'm pretty sure that's how it starts. Okay. Well, I'm, I, I'm not going to say anything more because okay. you may be right. You may be wrong. I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jason, season 11, part two trailer. This is about a two minute trailer, uh, but I just have a feeling it's going to take me just as long as it does to recap a full episode, but we'll see. Hopefully not. (laughs) It begins with shots of many of the primary characters. We see Daryl sneaking around a corner in the dark. We see Maggie in the dark woods. We get shots of Aaron, Carol, Judith, then back to Daryl in front of a fire and we see a scene of Daryl and two other characters entering what kind of looks like a junkyard from like the shot is from over overhead, lots of abandoned cars around and buses. And I think the other two characters are Aaron and Father Gabe. And I wasn't sure at first, but later on in the trailer, we see those two guys in similar clothing. And I projected back and thought, oh, it's Aaron and Father Gabe with Daryl doing ah. something there. I don't really know what, but... I, I couldn't tell you. I, I, I couldn't tell. No, I couldn't tell either. I looked at it, and uh, but I think that's who it is. And then we get a shot of Daryl with a knife to the neck of one of the Reapers, and we see Leah and two of her people standing in front of them. So, I mean, we know that that has to be resolved because they just unleashed the Huacha on them and we know know Daryl's there somewhere and we don't know how that's going to go exactly. I do have some ideas, but before we get to that, uh, we see that scene where it looks like Daryl's taking someone hostage. Now the Huacha was uh, released at night, was it not? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And this shot takes place during the day. During the day, huh? So uh, we've got some time jumps going on here. Maybe the Huacha was fired like just before dawn, maybe? I don't know. It, it feels like they're going to have to slip some time here. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see. I don't know. The next thing we get is uh, Maggie and Aaron searching a building. So whatever happened at the Huacha scene with Maggie and Negan down there on the ground, I mean, I guess it's no secret that she survives that. Yeah. Because she's searching a building with Aaron at some point. We see close-ups of Carol, Leah, then Daryl, Maggie and Herschel, uh, and then Negan. And the shot of Negan, he's with a woman that we haven't seen before, if I'm not mistaken. Do you, you don't recognize her, do you? No, I don't. I, new character. New, okay, so new character. A lot of these shots had people with guns. Like, we've uh, we moved away from guns for a long time, but we're right back to everybody having a firearm or some kind. That's an interesting point. I, you're right about that. And I didn't really think about that when watching it, but we do see Maggie with a gun. We see Carol with a big gun in almost all of her scenes. It looks like, um, interesting. Yeah. Aaron has a pistol. Yeah. Interesting. Now we do see her shooting a bow at some point, Maggie. I mean, so it's, it's not exclusively guns, but interesting point. I wonder where they've got all these weapons. Maybe the, uh, well, the Reapers had stockpiled weapons, right? Maybe they've taken them all from them? I, I don't know. They're, maybe that's probably a good idea. It's not like bullets go bad, right? No. It's not like gasoline where you just let them sit around for a while. It, sto- it stops working. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. 
I'm not sure. Probably not. Well, you're right about it, though. Um, and and the scene that we get right now, basically, uh, is you know Maggie's walking forward. There's somebody hanging upside down. It looks like from a rope or a body hanging upside down. And it's just somebody having a nap. Sure, that's how vampires take naps, right? Yeah. Something you don't take a nap hanging by your heels uh, from a tree every now and again. <laughs> what is that good for the circulation or something like that? I I, I don't know. All the blood flood, you know, floods to your head and you pass out. Yeah, <laughs> good times. But we we see Maggie walk by, raising a gun towards somebody, and Daryl yells, "Maggie, no!" And then she takes the shot. We kind of cut to black for a second. So what I'm thinking here is. Maggie and Negan kind of need to be rescued, right? So it seems like what the trailer is telling us is that maybe Daryl takes someone hostage, gets gets his knife at their neck, one of the Reapers, I mean, and then that gives, um, that creates a situation where Maggie and Negan can kind of escape or get away because the Reapers don't want their own person to be hurt. But I wonder if... Maggie's so pissed off in that situation. She does something rash or she does something she shouldn't. And Daryl's trying to stop her from shooting somebody. Maybe Leah, right? Like maybe Maggie's firing at Leah in that scene. And that would, that you know, that might even indicate, uh, you know, that Daryl would not want that to happen even more. So I feel like Daryl gets this hostage and then Maggie does something and it all goes to shit. I don't Except know. for Daryl says, Maggie, no. Uh, off screen and we have no way of being able to correlate that with what we're seeing on the screen. That is completely the biggest problem with my theory. <laughs> that, that we have no idea if that if that dialogue even comes from that scene, frankly. Or if it's in the show at all. Yeah, good point. Good point. <laughs> they really mess with this. Used a clip from, you know, season four for all we know. But that's kind of what it looks like to me. You know, Daryl does something to rescue them, but then Maggie screws it up. And maybe somebody dies. Maybe Leah gets killed. I don't know. Maybe Maggie dies. I don't know. No, she doesn't die, but somebody does. Now, over top of all of this, what we've been seeing, we have a multi-character voiceover. So we hear Ezekiel talking about, you know, carrying darkness within everybody. Uh, Daryl says something about how it's wrong to be fighting and killing each other. So I feel like he's trying to imply that they should come together somehow, which doesn't seem likely if he if he's talking about the reapers anyways and then negan saying to somebody that they'll quote make the same call and what i think he's saying is that everybody turns out like him eventually right they have to make a hard decision or they make decisions that are not really the most noble you know what i mean yeah but that's uh that's an evil person trope right it's right. Uh, uh even in real life uh evil people think that uh everybody else is evil too it's like everybody does it everybody uh you know is a, gets a little bit murdery every now and again like just uh you you know i got caught everybody does it it's just i'm the one who admits it kind of thing yeah i'm the one who got caught i yeah. mean everybody murders their wife but i'm the one that gets caught it's bullshit <laughs> right something like that yeah yeah uh you, you're probably right about that absolutely i we have no idea if negan's talking to someone we don't know if that is dialogue from the show or just for this voiceover uh but if it is from the show to me again it feels like the kind of conversation that he would have had with maggie saying 
things like you're no better than me kind of thing. I may have done some wrong things, but from my perspective, uh, it's what I needed to do at the time. Right. So he's telling Maggie that I have no idea, but it feels like the kind of thing he would say to her, you know? True. Yep. So I agree with that. Uh, all right. So that kind of feels like the end of act one of this trailer, because now we see Judith and Gracie stuck in that flooding basement. So we know that's kind of going to be resolved, hopefully, in this first episode. Well, they're they're walking up the stairs, right? So well, they're they're trying to get out, right? So they're flooding, and they're like, "Oh, maybe we go back upstairs because this isn't going so well." Yeah. Well, if they go up the stairs, they get out of this situation. Except the door's locked up there, right? And there's zombies up on the main floor. That's why they ran down there. Ah, yeah. semantics. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, there's a shot of a bald woman with a nose ring. Do we know who this is? Uh, no, I don't think, I think that's also a new character and there's, uh, you know, it's, she's got lots of, you know, piercings and rings and stuff. Okay. She seems very, uh, decorated. Yeah. I, sometimes we get these shots and trailers like this of characters and I'm like, and I second guess myself. I'm like, am I supposed to know who that is? But I, I don't think we do. So I wanted to confirm that with you. Well, that's, that's the thing about watching, uh, you know, going through three different shows uh, that all take place in the Walking Dead universe is uh, sometimes you get a little bit confused. And you and I, you know, we're getting up there in age. We can't keep everything straight all the time. Uh, you know, you got to make notes and things, but uh, no, I don't recognize her either. Okay. Yeah. I, I wanted to make sure. So second new character in this trailer that I'm curious about. Uh, and then it, and then the next scene is, I think... Eugene sitting in a dark hall and it kind of looks like he's burning papers in a can. But is that Eugene? I'm not even it's, 100% it's sure. It's Eugene. It's Eugene. Okay. All right. Good. Well, at least I got that right. He's got this sad sack Eugene look on his face. That's for sure. That's kind of a good way to recognize him, I think. Uh, we get some random shots of doors being bolted, Maggie running down a hall, Judith and Gracie killing a zombie. Looks like they're still in the basement when they do that. So maybe zombies have washed in the windows with the water. And then we see Commonwealth stormtroopers approaching Alexandria. Some on horseback, some walking. There's kind of a convoy coming up to the gates of Alexandria. And we've got Jerry, Daryl, and Maggie on the wall pointing weapons at them. Yeah, like in some of the worst uh, green screen that I've seen in a long time. Really? What do you mean? Oh, it was, it's horrible. It was just them standing on this wall. It was so obviously uh, that the actors were lit so differently than the background. It just, it looked pretty fake. Why would they do that? I mean, they have Alexandria. We talked about it earlier. It's a real place. Why not put know. them on the wall? I don't know. Huh. Are you sure it wasn't just weird lighting? Well, it could be. Either way. Didn't look good. It's, it's messy. All right, fair enough, but they're standing there. But I think the biggest deal is the Commonwealth shows up at Alexandria. Yeah, that's a big deal. And what? how, how does that come about? Because uh, in the first eight episodes, they really wanted to know where Alexandria was by interrogating the people that are already there, like Eugene and Princess. And remember Lance was trying to help them or at least help Eugene. And the main thing he wanted to know is the location of Alexandria. So I think this implies that Eugene spilled the beans and has told them. I would, I would assume so. Somebody had to have told them they're there. Yeah, they've shown up. And if they couldn't find it before now, 
Uh, there's no reason to think that they would have found it on their own. So it seems like Eugene has, I don't know if betrayed is the right word, but he's, you know, he's uh, provided the information they want, they wanted, and here they are at the gate. All right, so we have a shot of Carol, and now we start getting shots of our characters in um, in the Commonwealth. The first one is Carol. She the is plate working, of cookies. We're, yeah, and that's right. She's baking cookies again. We know that's a Carol thing, but she's wearing an Elodie's Bakery uh, apron, so she's working at the same bakery where Yumiko's brother was working. Right. Right. We see Eugene sitting at an outdoor table with two ice creams. So I assume he must be waiting for someone, one for him and one for somebody else. I don't know. I've sat down with two ice creams before. <laughs> Wasn't expecting anybody. <laughs> okay, fair point. I guess you can't assume that, but I have a feeling Eugene is waiting for somebody there, you know, Miss yeah. Stephanie probably. Uh, but he's sitting at a nice outdoor table, a little umbrella over him. And we see Daryl amongst other people at the Commonwealth. Uh, and then a couple random shots, including Princess and Eugene peeking through a door and wine being poured and served by Magna. So we've seen Carol, we've seen Daryl and Magna, uh, inside the Commonwealth and they all appear to well, not Daryl so much, but the other two appear to have jobs. And we know that people come into the Commonwealth and do jobs that are suitable for them, right? Yeah. Interesting, I thought. Very, very interesting. Uh, it seems like our main cast is, you know, going to be integrated into the Commonwealth pretty quickly into this second block of episodes. Or the main cast is infiltrating the Commonwealth. You know... You could be onto something there too, which uh, which I think we'll get to, um, because I think there's a couple of signs in this trailer that might indicate that. Yep. You know, whether they're whether they've been, I'm sure they've been invited in somehow, but I think there may be an ulterior motive, and I think that might be fascinating to watch too. Mm -hmm. Okay, so over top of the shots we just got, we hear more voiceover introducing Governor Pamela Milton, who's the leader of the Commonwealth. And it becomes clear that we're at some kind of like fancy event for her. She steps up to a microphone. She starts making a speech about her father. And it looks like there's a painting of some old man there. So I wonder if that's her dad and maybe he's dead. Maybe they're honoring him somehow. That's, that's the Kuleshov uh, assumption. The, the Kuleshov assumption? Yeah. You know the Kuleshov effect? No. What is that? Uh, it's when you have two uh, shots of something. It's a video... Um, technique where you have uh, two opposing shots of something and they kind of inform the other. Like if you have a, a, a you know a shot a close up of somebody's face and then you shoot to uh, or you change the shot to uh, some horrific scene and then you cut back to the uh, the guy's face again, you assume that he's reacting to the horrific scene. Right. But if you change the scene that he's looking at that you cut to to something uh, extremely pleasant then the uh, the face that you see that you cut back to, he you assume he's reacting to the extremely pleasant scene mm -hmm. and the reaction changes. Uh, sure. You know, you can, you can look that up. Alfred Hitchcock was very good at that kind of thing. So the fact that she was talking about her dad and then they cut to a scene of an old man in the painting, uh, you have to assume that that's 
what she was uh, talking about. Absolutely. And again, in a trailer, they can do whatever they want and make us think we know what's going on, but we really don't. But it seems like a thing for now. Um, she says things like, uh, thanks to his sacrifices, we're all here putting the world back together. So I wonder if Pamela Milton's dad was the guy that you know, started this whole Commonwealth thing and maybe he's dead now and she's taken over for him, something like that. Or maybe he started the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, Who maybe. knows? Who knows, he's really? He's responsible that's, for the whole thing. That's right. During her speech, though, we jump back and we see that Commonwealth convoy that showed up at Alexandria inside Alexandria. And there looks yep. to be quite a lot of them. We get some random type shots of characters, Carol, Negan, Connie, and Kelly, we see, Ezekiel, a little bit of zombie killing. And there is a shot here of Carol inside the Commonwealth, and it kind of looks like she's sneaking around a little bit. You know what I mean? She's very sneaky. Being mysterious, uh, Carol. And then we see Lance Hornby. Uh, Hornsby sitting at a desk, also looking very serious, kind of in the dark, clicking a clicking a pen. You know what I mean? So he's feels like he's scheming something there. I don't know. Yeah, that's a, that's a plotting face if I ever saw one. That's, oh, totally. Uh, that, that's somebody plotting something. Absolutely. Uh, we go over to shots of Gabe and Aaron. Oh, in those clothes, I recognized. So this is where I'm like, oh, okay, that was them with Daryl at the beginning. They're dressed right. the same. Must be. We see Lydia and Elijah looking at what might be a dead body on the ground. I believe they're in Alexandria when they're doing that. Uh, she, and, and I guess him too, look pretty concerned. We see Negan with the mystery woman again. And then we get a shot of Mercer just absolutely drenched in blood. Mm -hmm. Mercer's the uh, leader of the Commonwealth military, I guess. He's the guy who dresses in orange stormtrooper armor. Yeah, orange foam. Right, orange foam. But. So now his orange foam is covered in, uh, is, he's, he's a, a, a blood-covered pumpkin. There you go. Not a pumpkin I want on my uh, front porch at Halloween. Well, maybe you do. I don't know. Actually, depends maybe what, you do. Yeah, it depends on what you're going for. I suppose, yeah. Not, sorry, just to clarify, not real blood. <laughs> Fair enough, yes. <laughs> real blood would be bad. Definitely bad. Fake blood on Halloween, fine. Okay, well- He's, he's the bloody pumpkin, and there's a lot of blood on him. There is. Uh, we see Kelly and Connie all cleaned up at the Commonwealth uh, in, in, some, in, in a building somewhere. The voiceover says, this place is like a city from before, but I couldn't quite recognize the voice. I'm not sure who's talking about that, but they're, they're realizing that the Commonwealth is, seems to be very well established and safe and so on. Uh, we get a shot of Eugene still sitting and waiting, but I noticed something about this shot this time, Jason. No ice cream. No ice cream. <laughs> he <laughs> has two, that too. he has two empty cones. Yeah. He ate the ice cream. I'm telling you. No, you, but come on. Uh, no, there were clean cones yet. Yeah, there's no, there's no ice cream in those cones. The ice cream isn't melted. They're clean and empty. So what the hell? Like he absolutely had ice cream in those cones earlier. Now he does not. And you don't get served ice cream cones and then served ice cream separately. That's not how it works. So what the hell's going on there? Uh, continuity error? It can't be though. Like I, the this only thing- This was the rehearsal shot and they didn't want real ice cream the, in the shot? Because it would, 
I don't know. The only thing I can think of is, and, and this is going to sound insane, but this is some kind of fantasy sequence that Eugene is experiencing. Because, right, he's in love with Stephanie, you know, and maybe he's fantasizing about his life with her. And even in his fantasy, he's disappointed, where at first he has ice cream and he's all happy and then she doesn't show up. And so the ice cream disappears and he's holding empty cones like his empty heart. So it's 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 fantasy pathetic fallacy. Right. Something like that. Just, but he's I'm like, so sad that he doesn't even have ice cream in his cones. Exactly. That's the only thing I can think of, because why would there be clean, fresh, unused two of them, ice cream cones in his hands? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it could be an anxiety dream where he, uh, you know, he wants to be prepared for his date with Stephanie, but uh, his, his ice cream cones don't have any ice cream in them, so he feels unprepared. I We've mean, all I, had those, right, where you, you go to school and you're don't have any pants yeah it could be i mean i have a recurring anxiety dream that i've had for the last couple of years where i'm trying to do something or achieve something in the dream and i just can't do it something is always holding me back from achieving whatever it is i'm trying to do and it's not the same thing every time in fact every dream is different but it's the same theme right and i wonder if that's like what you're describing here he's having an anxiety dream where he wants to meet her up, but he can't get the ice cream in the cones and she doesn't show up. I don't know. I haven't had an anxiety dream in a long time. The last one I had was, uh, I was going on stage to perform with the clown band, but I didn't know any of the songs. Right. That would be pretty, pretty stressful. Yeah. Well, I mean, you clearly need to experience more anxiety in your life, my friend. Well, I have lots and lots of anxiety, but I also don't have, uh, I've always... (laughs) I've always had the ability to know that I'm dreaming when I'm dreaming. Mm-hmm. And it seems unusual. When I talk to people about it, they're like, that's crazy. You don't never know you're dreaming when you're dreaming. It's like, well, generally, yes, I do know that I'm dreaming when I'm dreaming. Uh, so uh, if I'm having an anxiety dream, I usually go, uh, well, if I'm having a dream that uh, I don't want to be in the situation that I'm in, I, my brain just goes, this is a dream. Fuck it. And I do something else. Well, that's called lucid dreaming, isn't it? Uh, could be. I, I think so. But I mean, here, here's the thing. I don't, I can't tell with that anxiety dream that I have. I can't tell if I know I'm having it at the time or I just know after the fact. Because I, I, I clearly, I'm very, it's very obvious to me that it is an anxiety dream. And I feel like even during it, I know that's what's happening. But I'm not sure if I actually do or if I just kind of, I'm able to rationalize it after the fact. I don't know. I'm not sure. No, the other day I was, I I guess you could call it an anxiety dream. I was in a truck. I don't own a truck. I was in a truck and uh, my family was there, my wife and my son, and we were driving. There was lots of mud flying all over the place and the truck was out of control. I was in the forest for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this, I, this is stupid. I'm going to dream about something else. And I moved on. Well, I wish I could do that. I wish I could just get through the you know, achieve whatever it is I'm trying to do in these dreams and then move on, but I just can't do it. So uh, clearly need therapy. Anyways, uh, let's get back to the trailer, shall we? Sure. We see Yumiko and her brother at this fancy governor event, and Yumiko is taking wine from the tray of wine that Magna is serving, and I'm pretty sure that... 
she recognizes her. I mean, why wouldn't she? Um, but she doesn't let on that she knows her. And this, I thought, was another sign, along with that one of Carol kind of sneaking around, that the folks that are now in the Commonwealth that weren't there before are up to something, right? They've got a plan, and they're not letting on that the, the people who are already there from Alexandria know this new group of people that have come in or something like that. Right. Well, I'll tell you what, if I was ever at a fancy party yeah, and I was having a good old time at this fancy party and it turns out you were the bartender at the fancy party, yeah, I would pretend I didn't know you. What if, what, I mean, what if you <laughs> wanted to know me and get free drinks? There's, there's benefits to knowing me if I'm the bartender. Okay. If I'm at a fancy party, the drinks are free. <laughs> oh, like yeah, I'm not going to go to a fancy party where I'm paying for a drink. <laughs> yeah. I don't even get out of bed if I have to pay for drinks, man. <laughs> <laughs> the last fancy party I went to that I didn't have to pay for drinks. It was my wedding. Yeah. Uh, wait a minute. I paid for all those drinks. Yeah, you Fuck. paid for my drinks at that one. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I didn't think about it that way. No. Okay, so it's been longer. It's been even longer. Yeah. It was a good wedding. It was a fun time. Yeah. I didn't drink that much. I don't I remember. never do, so. No, I know. I, I don't remember. I probably didn't either. I had responsibilities at that wedding. Yeah. Didn't I? Well, I did, well, yeah. We all did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. Where the hell are we? Um, so we see the scene between this sort of secret scene between Yumiko and Magna. Oh, and then we get a shot of Magna saying to somebody, people who can't fit in get cast out, which sounds like what the Commonwealth does. We see Eugene and Princess in a cell together. Back in Alexandria, we see Maggie Herschel uh, surrounded by stormtroopers. Maggie even has her gun raised again, so she's very gun-happy these days. Magna, back to her, she says, you remember, and it turns out that she's talking to Rosita, who responds with, yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. So there you go. So Rosita's in there as well. Now we get a series of action shots. Uh, people are killing zombies. Rosita, Daryl, Diane, Negan, others fighting. Uh, it looks like the people we see are in a building fighting zombies, but the building is surrounded by stormtroopers. So I wonder if this is some kind of trial for these people. Like you, if you can survive this, the zombies in this building, you can come into the Commonwealth. I don't know. Like, why would they be in there and the Commonwealth soldiers just kind of standing around other than keeping them in there? I'm not sure. I don't know. This late in the game, you would think that anybody who is still alive knows how to deal with zombies. Absolutely. But, it, I mean, it reminded me, remember when they sent Ezekiel and Princess and them out to clear buildings uh, for future expansion? Yeah. Like, I wonder if that's what they're doing here. You know, go in here, clear out the zombies. We're just going to position our soldiers around the doors and windows so you can't escape. I don't know. Uh, who knows? If you really want to test people, you just put a math question in front of them. Something they haven't done in a decade. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's all kinds of math I couldn't do at this point that I learned in high school three decades ago. Yeah. Or whatever. Uh, we we do get an interesting shot, though, amongst this block of Maggie sort of bringing a weapon down on somebody. And the shot is from the victim's point of view. And his or her arm is raised up as if it's sort of like a, a don't, you know, please spare me kind of thing. Please don't stab me. Yeah. So I don't know who that is or what's going on there. Uh, and we get Negan attacking somebody in a darkened hallway 
and it appears that that person is a living person, but I don't really get a good look at them. So I don't know what uh, Negan's got going on there either. Uh, now we have Eugene doing a voiceover saying, I'm going to make absolutely certain that everybody knows who something unintelligible you are. And I couldn't, I couldn't figure out what he said there. Who and what you are. Oh, who and what you are. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Glad you're Glad here. I could help. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, and we see a poster with a picture of Stephanie, who is apparently missing. So why would Stephanie be on a missing poster, but also be like the governor's office assistant and the one who's kind of helping Eugene navigate this place a little bit? I don't know. It's it's all the red string on this uh, this shot that really confuses me. It's just it seems like a caricature of a murder board uh, from a a classic detective show. Right. They have you know pushpins in all different kinds of pieces of paper and is making connections between this picture and everything's uh, connected to the missing poster. So uh, I I really don't see the point of doing this, but. Whatever. It just, it seemed like uh, the art department wanted this and it has nothing to do with the actual story. Well, it's got to have something to do with it, but I mean. The missing poster, yes. The yeah. orgy of oh. red uh, string uh, connecting uh, this, whatever investigation that's happening here. Right. We don't need the, we don't need it as a murder board. I mean, we already have a like basically a photo board, right, of, of missing people or people who are looking for others, right? And that's how Yumiko realized that her uh, brother was looking for her. Okay, I've got the thing paused on the, uh, the YouTube, paused on the murder board. Yeah. You know what? There is something that is connecting uh, to the missing Stephanie Vega poster uh, with a red piece of string. You know what this thing is? What is it? A fucking ice cream waffle cone. Okay. Ice cream waffle cone. So Eugene is waiting for Stephanie and she's missing. So he put the waffle cone on the murder board and put a push pin in it and then tied a red piece of string to that from that to the missing poster because he needed to make that connection. You know, I I assumed that that's who he was waiting for, right? He's he he went there to meet her, and like I guess if he squealed and he revealed where Alexandria is, they let him out of jail, and then he can be with Stephanie again, or who he thinks is Stephanie. But then she doesn't show up for the ice cream, so he goes and puts that poster up and says, "Where is she?" You know, last time we talked, it was about ice cream. And that's important for the board. So that feels like the order of things here. You might be onto something. Some of these words are very weird. There's one paragraph on a piece of paper that says, half man suspect he hearing black has seen exit. I don't know. <laughs> this is weird. Random stuff, man. Yeah. I think there's a lot of questions about what's going on on this uh, murder board here. Yeah, I think somebody might be having a stroke. Uh oh, geez. Well, uh, I guess Stephanie is missing, and maybe Eugene is pretty upset about that. I I imagine he would be. But we see Mercer fighting some zombies. We see Aaron clobber somebody in the head pretty hard. Mm -hmm. Doesn't 
look like a zombie head. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. It's pretty squishy. Well, that's true. That's true. People are running around. Daryl butt ends a stormtrooper in the face. Seems like a bad idea, but he does it. Bunch more quick shots of people struggling through zombies, including, I think, Maggie and stuff like that. And the final voiceover we hear is, get ready, we're going to remake the world, which kind of reminds me of what Pamela Milton was talking about earlier. You know, we're going to rebuild this world. We get title card returning February 20th or uh, February 13th on AMC Plus, actually, if you are lucky enough to have that. So there you go. Part two trailer. Um, As I said, kind of at the beginning, it feels to me like we're going to get one episode to wrap up the Reapers plot line, get everybody out of there and then move right into the Commonwealth. And it seems like most of our characters end up in the Commonwealth. So uh if if any of them aren't there i'm not really sure it's kind of hard to say but i feel like we're going full-on commonwealth all the time in the second half of this or the second third of this season it sure looks like it it sure looks like the commonwealth is uh absolutely everywhere there's one shot of daryl where it looks like he has uh two assault rifles one in each hand he's doing something with them yeah that's right before he butt ends the guy right yeah that's yeah. cool I mean, maybe he's stolen weapons from someone. Maybe he's still resisting Commonwealth at Alexandria. I'm I'm not really sure. Well, whatever. He's got assault rifles akimbo. Fine with me. <laughs> and if anyone's going to do it, Daryl's the man. Yeah, of course. So, so cool. Uh, I wonder if there's any sort of like time jump, you know? Do we wrap up the Reapers and then jump ahead six months and everyone has like got jobs in the Commonwealth or something? Do you think we're going to see the transition from Alexandria to Commonwealth or it's just going to be like Commonwealth shows up with a bunch of horses, come with us, suddenly everyone's living in the Commonwealth? I don't know. Yeah, they're going to gloss over that. I mean, if we've learned anything, they gloss over some very significant pieces of plot. It's true. Sometimes they do that. I mean, sometimes for the better, sometimes not so much. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if they do that. We There's some sort of conflict or struggle when the Commonwealth originally shows up, but whatever happens, they obviously overpower everyone at Alexandria, take them in, and then we're just sort of six months later, Carol's working in the bakery, baking cookies, and Yumiko is, or not Yumiko, Magna is serving wine at a fancy governor's ball. Jeez, I wish I could gloss over stuff in my own life. Wouldn't it's it be kind great? Of, I, you know, more than that, I, what I want is a montage. No, uh, man, gloss I mean? over Monday to Friday and just live your weekends. No way, man. I want a friggin', uh, I want a, I want an exercise uh, montage uh, like Rocky uh, oh. getting into shape for the big fight. I don't want to do any of that stuff. I just want the goddamn montage and then at the end of it, I'm fucking buff. Yeah, just the result. Yeah. So it's kind of a gloss montage kind of, uh, yeah. That's a really good point. I mean, I don't know what's better. Like, you don't missing parts of your life or montaging parts of your life to get the desired outcome quickly. It's a great idea. Yeah. But the, the soundtrack in the background. Somebody invent, somebody invent that technology. I'll, I'll do the workout one. Yeah. I need a drug. Just give me, give me a drug that just, uh, you know, makes me hallucinate a montage where I get into shape at the end of it. Perfect. What? Outstanding. I'd pay for that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I would It'd be fun too. Uh, all right. 
that's the trailer, everyone. If there's anything you think we've missed or glossed over or montaged over, uh, let us know. Very few montages in this podcast. Yeah, very, very few. Very few. Maybe we should add more somehow. Yeah. Okay. Well, if there is anything about this trailer that you want to point out or thoughts that you had, uh, let us know. I think it would be cool to just get a couple other perspectives, but it's, I thought this trailer was fairly straightforward, but again, creative editing and they put voiceovers over stuff and cut things together that may or may not even be related in the episode to fool us. So we'll just have to wait and see, but luckily we don't have to wait that long because the walking dead comes back on February the 20th, which is of course when we will be back covering the show in our normal fashion. It's less than a month. I know it's really soon, man. All righty. Uh, before we wrap up today, I do, do want to thank a couple of people who've become new supporters of cool. the show. One of whom is Tom H in High Wycombe, England, and he became a new patron. He also sent a really nice and thoughtful note on Patreon. So thank you so much, Tom, for that. Uh, also, Helen D, who also became a new patron. Thank you to both of you. It's wonderful. We absolutely appreciate all of the support from, from you guys and, and everybody else who listens. Now, anyone who has been around knows that we are doing a giveaway with every single episode of The Walking Dead for season 11. We gave away uh, eight prize packs for the first eight episodes. We got eight more for the next group. And... We will start that again, of course, when episode nine comes back in February. And we choose the winners randomly from our list of patrons at talking at uh, patreon.com slash the talking dead. You can't win twice. So, um, you know, if, if you do win a package, you're taken out of the list and the uh, pool of people who are eligible gets a little bit smaller. And we don't have that many patrons. So it's pretty good odds considering there's 24 episodes in this season there's obviously only 16 left but if you want to get in on that visit patreon.com slash the talking dead become a patron of the show and think of this as you know a potential reward there's some really good stuff and just because we are getting closer to episode nine soon i thought i'd mention what the prize is for that episode cool and I'm excited to say it is a Daryl Dixon throw pillow. Oh. Yeah. It's uh, got a picture of his angel wings on it, and it's very, very cool. So if that sounds like it might be something you want, uh, get in on it. Patreon.com slash the talking dead. We, well, you really, Jason, reach into some vessel of some kind and, uh, and pull out a winner each week. It's very exciting. Mm -hmm. Sometimes gross, sometimes entertaining, sometimes really mundane. Yeah, exactly. It just uh, depends what strikes you that week. As the season goes on, like we got all kinds of cool stuff. We've got some other Funkos. I've got the next eight episodes laid out here behind me, all ready to go and organized. Um, some Funko Pops, t-shirts, uh, cool water bottle, a couple of other toys, um, really cool um, uh, alpha belt buckle it's this this oh, sort yeah. of figure eight snake type looking belt buckle and then a whole other group of things for uh for the back uh, the final eight episodes so all yeah, kinds that's of cool in stuff. the other wing 
That's in the other wing of the basement. Yes. <laughs> Actually, I did have it all out at one point, right? But then I needed space down here. So I packed away half of it, but I left these out. So I'd always have it at my fingertips. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff to have out for a year. It is. It really is. I, I shouldn't have unpacked it all at once at the beginning, but I did. And I got one of the kids to help me organize it into prize packs. And uh, now we're good to go. But I've got the next next eight episodes sitting here. So anyways, episode nine, Daryl Dixon throw pillow. Fun stuff. All right. If you want to support us, like I said, patreon.com slash the talking dead. And uh, that's how you can become a patron. Okay. We are almost at the end here, Jason. I am going to quickly though, play a call from listener Grace. Hi guys. This is Grace from Colbert, Ontario. I'm only about uh, just over an hour away from you guys. Um, but I've only discovered this podcast about two weeks ago. And Despite being a huge Walking Dead fan for like so many years now, I'm only 18, I started watching this show when I was probably 12, and wow, this podcast is just awesome. I'm kind of mad at myself that I haven't been contributing all these years to the listener feedback, and uh, holy crap, did you see that, etc. But I'm re-watching the show with my boyfriend now, and I'm listening to all the podcasts. I started at season two because that's where we were when I discovered it and it's just awesome. So I appreciate you guys getting me through this lockdown and I will definitely be uh, like writing in, messaging in to contribute when the show starts back up. Thanks guys. Bye. Thank you so much, Grace, first of all, for those kind words and, and it's always great to hear from new listeners. That's amazing. Uh, but I wanted to play that because she said she was going to, you know, get caught up and, and send us feedback. And I wanted to remind everybody that that is a wonderful thing to do. It's one of the best parts about doing this podcast is just hearing from everybody, getting your thoughts and your comments and your questions and theories, you know, whatever. And gripes, gripes. Yeah. All that stuff, all the good stuff, you know? And as we move into the middle third of this season, we are going to, of course, continue doing feedback shows, and I want to include as many people as I can. So if you've ever thought about sending feedback, but didn't think you didn't get around to it or, or didn't think there was any point, please, please reconsider and do so. I like to include as much of it as I can. So thank you, Grace, for reminding everyone about that. And uh, thanks to everyone who does send feedback and all the new people who might hopefully over the next series of 16 episodes. Awesome. Alrighty. Next on the podcast, we are going to finally get around to that Pollyanna Macintosh spotlight. That'll be next week, I guess. And, uh, we're going to watch her, two of her movies, the woman and Darlin. And this is of course, because she played a big part in the walking dead world beyond, which wrapped up, uh, la late last year. And that will be fun. So if you're interested in watching those movies, do so. And speaking of feedback, send in some thoughts on those too, if you want. Uh, you know, it'd be great to hear what you think, think of these two. I'm a little nervous about watching these because they seem like they might be brutal. And not, br not brutal in a bad way, but just, you know. A, a, Hard to watch. Yeah, like a, a, a difficult viewing experience, maybe. I don't know for sure, but... I'm willing to take that risk. I'm willing to try it. And I think we're going to have a good time no matter what. Hope so anyways. All righty. That's going to do it finally for this podcast, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. 
if uh, you want to get in touch with us, visit talkingdeadpodcast.com. Click on send voicemail at the top. It's a good way to send messages in to us. You can also find us on Twitter at Talking Dead, and you can send your email to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Excellent. Until next time, everyone, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye.